Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perek Lamed Zayin, Pasuk Aleph, Vayimloch Melech Tzikiyahu Ben Yoshiyahu. Um, by common consensus of the Mepharshim, there is agreement that Lamed Zion is a very transitional parak, specifically because it is now going to take us from Lamed Zion to the end of Yirmiyahu, into the phase where the prophecies are really over. <coughs> now comes the fulfillment of those prophecies. Uh, Rashi puts it better. Let me read it to you. Rashi says, um, Rashi begins with, Vayimloch melech tzikiyahu, the Lomarshanis Kaimu Harponios Nibo Adheno. Now the reality sets in. Up till now, we've had prophecies of doom and destruction and hopelessness. Now comes the doom, the destruction, the hopelessness. His Sphere Lomar came. Ubavo Dosapekida. Now the time has come for fulfillment, and we're going to see that. It's here. There's nothing that can be done. So, Sitkiyo rules now instead of Kineyahu. Kineyahu is another name for Yechonya. Ben Yehoyakim, the son of Yehoyakim. Asher Himlich Nebuchadnezzar, Melech Bavel Be'eretz Yehuda. Yehoiakim was appointed really as a puppet by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel. All he wanted at that point was quiet in Judea. He didn't want to exile them. He didn't have any territorial design. He just wanted a vassal state that would pay him taxes and be loyal to him. And he thought Yehoiakim was a perfect candidate. It turns out Yehoiakim rebels against him. And Yoyakim and his nation did not listen to the words of God, which Yirmiyahu gave them. Now, this is very interesting because we think of Tzikiyahu, the last king of Judea, as really a very weak king, possibly a wicked king just the wrong person in the wrong time at the wrong place. In other words, every judgment is wrong of where his loyalty is, of who he should support, uh, of his treatment of Yirmiyahu. And interestingly enough, there is an opinion to the contrary. I'm going to read Rashi now. Rashi says, Sikiyahu was a tzaddik in many ways. His nation were Rishayim. And he was led by his nation, as we're going to see. The Hoyakim, on the other hand, Yoyakim Hoyor Russia was out and out evil. The Doro Tzaddikim. And he ruled over 
His people were amenable, as we saw, to tshuva, to listening to Yirmiyahu. So Sanhedrin in Kuf Beis, Amud Beis, says the same thing, that Sidkiyo had many good qualities. His weakness was that he wasn't a leader. He wasn't a follower. He was not David HaMelech, and said he was more like Shoal. We recall when Shoal um, fails to king, fails to kill the king of Amalek, Agag. Why did he do this? Why did he disobey? He said, I was scared of the nation. In other words, they were led by the people, not them leading the people. And so Tzitkiyo may have a bad reputation, as it were, but he may have been innately good, but he just followed the nation, what the will and the whim of the people were, rather than be the leader he was intended to be. So in any case, Tzitkiyo is now the king he was a puppet king, and he rebels against Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and they don't want to listen, his people, to Yirmiyahu. Now, by Yishlach HaMelech Tzikiyo, Es Yehuchal ben Shlomyah, Vestefania ben Masih HaKohen, El Yirmiyahu HaNavi Lemor, Hispalel Nova Adenu El Hashem Elokeinu. And it shows you what a, a, a coward he was. Because Tzikiyo sends a secret delegation, Yehuchal ben Shmoya and Sefania ben Masaya going to Yirmiyahu. And they say, Come, we want to hear what your prognosis is, your prophecy as well, as we want you to pray for us. But he does it in secret. He's too cowardly to do it before the nation to admit he wants to hear the prophecy. Interesting phrase. At this point, Yermio could come and go as he pleased. He wasn't in jail anymore. We know that no prophet, as we've said dozens of times, is abused and punished and physically tormented as Yermio. The Abarbanel tells us Yermio was jailed no less than four specific periods in his life. First, uh, when Yehoiakim jails him, when he speaks against Yehoiakim, and that's where he writes Echa, and the Barbanel says he was in jail 10 years at that time. Then Tzitkiyo takes him out, and he is jailed again by Tzitkiyo, and he delivers a very seditious prophecy, at least seditious in Sidkiyo's mind. Then he is imprisoned again by the noble men and stuff in the offices. And then he is taken by Sidkiyo out of there, out of a very precarious, physically dangerous situation. And he's brought back to the courtyard prison where he remains until the fall of the city of Yerushalayim. So he spends many of his years in prison. And as we're going to see, Tzitkiyo now sends for him. Yermio now has the ability to come and go as he pleases. He's not in jail. V'chel paro yotzami mitzrayim v'yishmu ha'kastim ha'tzorim al-Yerushalayim eshema'am v'ya'alu me'al-Yerushalayim. Very interesting. Babel has surrounded the nation. Egypt, of all nations, now comes, as it were, to the aid of Judea. 
They make a peace treaty. They send an army. But fascinatingly, as Rashi says, Cheo Paro comes. They come to help Judea. But they do not come uh, over land. They come by boat, as we're going to see, over the Mediterranean. And so what happens is Nebuchadnezzar decides rather than besiege Jerusalem and stay there as like sitting ducks for Egypt, he is going to go out to confront Egypt directly. And so for the time being, he abandons the siege, which of course they confuse Judea as, ah, we've won, etc. He's withdrawn his siege, but he hasn't withdrawn his siege. Moreover, the army of Egypt now does a very treacherous thing according to Rashi. Yes, they come out to help, but what happens is Reshavla Arts of Mitzrayim. They now inexplicably go back to Egypt. Rashi gives us a beautiful agadata. Says Rashi, let me read it to you. Bisfinos Hayubayim. As we said, they're coming by boat. They do not go by the overland route. Ramaz HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kadosh Baruch Hu plants a hint because he does not want them there. Liam on the sea, he puts something very strange. Some strange bulks, almost looking like bloated bodies floating to the top. It looks like bodies. So the Egyptians say one to another, Mazos, what is this? These are our ancestors from Yitzias Mitzrayim, 900 years before. They are the bodies floating to the top, and we are going to help these people. And so they turn around, according to this measure, and go back, which shows you the intense, a lot of them, you know, it couldn't be the bodies floating 900 years later, but they feel that it's the basic hatred of the Jews, say the Mephoshim. They don't want any part of this. They turn and go back, leaving Nebuchadnezzar free to come back. And now Yumio is sent for by Sidkiyahu after this desertion by the allies they had counted on. By Yehidavar Shem Yumio and the Levi Lemor, and God speaks to Yumio. Koamar Shem this is what I say. Sidkiyahu wants an answer, wants me to pray. Kosomruel Melech Yehuda, this is what you tell him. Hashaleach Hashem Elai he who sends you to me to find out what my. Uh, plan is, what I intend to do. They have gone back. They're not coming here. Don't sit around waiting for them. They have turned around and they're going back to Egypt. You want a prophecy? The Kazdim are coming back. They will surround the city. They will defeat it and they will burn it to the ground. That's your answer to your request for a tefillah. Kolamar Hashem, 
Don't delude yourself into thinking Babylonians have left, they're not coming back. They are not going anywhere. Moreover, if you beat every standing Babylonian, that are fighting you, and all that's left are the invalids, the wounded, the, the frail of body, the weakest of them will get up from their tents and defeat you. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with them. This is what I have ordained. It is irrevocable. And so certainly the Nebuah is fulfilled. The Babylonians come back to Yerushalayim because Paro's army has left them. So now Yermio with his newfound freedom decides he wants to leave Yerushalayim and go Eretz Binyamin. We assume he means Anatot, his home village. He was a, a Binyamin member tribe. And therefore, he wants to get out of Yerushalayim. Uh, Rambam has always told us that a Novi cannot prophesy unless he's besimcha. And in truth, Gimeo has never had a besimcha day in his life. He's been in prison for decades. He wants to get out and maybe find inspiration and more freedom in Anatol. But <clears throat> as he's leaving by Yehib Bashar bin Yamin, Vasham Baal Pekudot, the one of the big nobility is there, Ushmo Yuriyo ben Shalmaya ben Hananya. We have met Hananya, his grandfather before, who was one of the worst, if not the worst, Navi Sheker. <clears throat> he had been a Navi before and now went over to the dark side. He had come into the temple and prophesied just that everything was going to be fine. You don't have to do tshuva. And what happens is that Yumiyo, instead of saying you're lying, says, oh, this is a, says a main to it. It's a wonderful prophecy. And he was to be punished for that because this wasn't a, a valid nevuah. It was a lie. And so we see, by the way, that he sentences him to death, Hananya. He says, you're going to die before the year is over. Hananya dies, Erev Rosh Hashanah. And to the end, he is a Navi Shekhar. He tells his family, don't announce my death till after Rosh Hashanah. I do not want Yumiyo to even get the satisfaction that he was able to decree my death. Anyway, we are told by the Mephoshim, he is going to meet uh, a problem with uh, with Yiriyahu, his grandson Hananya. Vayit poses Yirmiyahu. So now he apprehends him on his way out of the city. Lemor el hakazdim atonofel. You are going over to the Babylonians. You preached against us all these years. You're now defecting to them. Vayomer Yiriyahu sheker. It's a lie, and that's what the Mephoshim say he should have said in confronting Hananya. I am not defecting to the Babylonians. The Loshamai love, he doesn't listen to him. 
Uriel, Uriel, he seizes him by Avail Asarim. He brings him to the offices. So they beat him, they humiliate him. They put him into a jail known at the, at the gates of Yehonasan. Yonasan Hasofer, the scribe. He also hakela. They made it into a jail. The jail is a pit, a pit with quicksand and mud and cold in it. They put him in there. He spends many days there. Now Tzikio comes as if he didn't know anything about it. He takes him out. He has him brought to the palace in secrecy. Is there anything you want to tell me? Is there a new prophecy? There is. Four words. You're going to be given over into the hands of Babel. Now, on another topic. What have I done? Have I sinned against you? You have put me, as we've seen, Abarbanel says, four times into prison, sometimes at least a decade long. And moreover, where are your false prophets who told the people for years, don't worry, there's no invasion, Babel will never triumph, you're doing everything right? Where are they now? We can't even find them. Lo yoro melech bovel alechem is what they said. Valaretz hazos. Va'atan hal listen tikiyo shmana adoni hamelech. Tipel notachinosi lefanecha. I am praying to you because as we see, Yirmiyot is genuinely afraid of dying in jail in the bottom of a pit. Va'al tishiveni beish Yonasan. Don't send me back there to Yonasan Hasofer. Below Amusham. I don't want to die there. What they do, they put him back in that, I would imagine, is a lower level security uh, jail in the palace of the king. They feed him every day with a fresh loaf from the bakery until the siege has grown so severe that there is no more bread. To be given out by and now Yemiel dwells. Some say, as we can see, of his own will, in that prison until the fall of Yerushalayim, and we will see that occur 8:45 a.m. tomorrow. Adkan.